We're good to go? Yep. Sweet, Evan. Guys. Cheers. Cheers. Thank you. <laughs> JD, Kelly, thank you for coming. Yeah. We Thanks appreciate for having you having us. us. Absolutely. I uh, am somebody who somewhat pays attention on social media, um, to say the least. Yeah. And uh, I've been watching the landscape of what people are doing in regards to growing their businesses. And um, there's all types of businesses out there. And I had Saul lead you probably about a year and a half ago. And I was like, all right, this business is something different. They're going into the school districts. They're running assemblies. Um, let me find out more about that. And then after, I think it was last wave, yeah. um, you had reached out or wrote thing or I'd wrote, reached out to you. I forget yeah, exactly yeah. what happened. And I said, I would love to have you guys on and spotlight you and hear a little bit more about it. So, you know, <clears throat> just tell us a little bit about your own story and kind of how you guys got to doing Lead You prior to doing what you're doing now. Kelly Absolutely. or JD? You can start. We, yeah. We do this a lot in the beginning of assembly, so yeah, go yeah. ahead. I'm going to try to make this as least uh, shark tanky <laughs> as possible. <laughs> Keep the speech away. But um, so basically, um, yeah, I was after the military, I was a teacher for a little bit, um, taught elementary school slowly started to realize that my skill set might be a little bit beyond um, the academics in the classroom. And I started finding that I had a passion for really helping kids out with some of those bigger life problems like we're talking about and some of those mm -hmm. bigger challenges, those social emotional things that pop up for kids at a young age. Um, and I realized that with teaching, you have so much on your plate that, you know, sometimes you're just put in this box and you can't always have time for that. And I just had a moment where I was sitting in an assembly, uh, awesome school assembly, and watching this guy dribble basketballs. And I was like, I can probably do what he's doing, um, but I got to take that leap. I got to take that jump. So um, I did that. You know, I was like four years into teaching at that point, and um, I just wrote my resignation letter. And I just felt like this is the time. It's it's now. I got to try it. And before I move on to you, Kelly. Yeah. First of all, thank you for your service. Sure. Um, you served about seven or eight months. We were talking prior to the show yeah. over in uh, Iraq or Afghanistan. Yeah, in Iraq. Yeah, Iraq. So thank you for your service. Of course. And I want to touch on the school a little bit because I have brought this topic up multiple times on the show. Yeah. And it's not a knock at the schools. You guys are in the school. They're letting you in. You're doing a great job for the students. But talk about that box, right? You're, yeah. you're put in a box not only for the time, but you're put in the box on purpose. Why do you think that is when you feel you could do so much more for the students uh, on an emotional level? Right. Um, but maybe you have you know, hesitation because of liabilities or because it's something that's outside the scope of what they want you doing. Talk a little bit about that box you referenced. Sure. Yeah, I think um, for me at the time, when testing, it was pre-COVID and testing seemed to be such a big deal, specifically in New Jersey schools. Um, and there is a time and place for testing for sure. However, at the time I felt like there was so much that was constantly literally being put, like my schedule, I was doing a, I'll give you a quick example. I was doing like my week, my lesson plan. I felt like I was giving like three pre-tests on Monday. I was giving the actual test on Wednesday for those three. And then I was doing a post assessment on Friday. And I kept looking at my lesson plans. I was like, there's a lot of testing happening. And I found myself trying to like, find moments to teach to teach yeah find moments to like be like okay wait a minute like there's a teachable <laughs> moment like if when a kid brings something up i'd rather not have to look at the clock and say oh wait a minute but we got to get to something else it's it's hold on like that's a great point timmy let's talk about that and really dive in those are the moments i feel like students remember those mm -hmm. are moments that i remember that things that are off off the book yeah you know and, and just those, going off the cuff yeah and you know it's not like like you said no fault of the school system as much as it's just, just the system they're in <clears throat> yeah and you you almost have to just embrace it but i kept fighting for moments like that and trying to find those moments and realizing that you know if i really want to go all in it, it might be better outside of the system yeah. if that makes a little yeah, bit of sense absolutely. yeah absolutely to add to that because honestly it's a passionate topic of mine but i had the pleasure honestly of working for administrators who got that mm -hmm. um and i think that's why i stayed in the school as long as i could because they they knew they the importance of it and they tried. Yeah. And I think there are so many great educators. And I think there's so many great administrators who really want to do the right thing. But then it just... They're also in the box. They're also in the box. Yeah. And that like that was hard because you try to break out the box. But it's it has to be societal change. 
Yeah. Um, you know, cause I did, I wrote my lesson plans and honestly, I used to laugh. Like my Sundays were spent like <laughs> copying and pasting from like this book oh, that they gave it. me yeah. and then I'd have it printed on my desk most of the time, like I was supposed to. And then I would just teach. You do your own thing. Yeah. Do my own thing. Yeah. I'd hit on all the important lessons that they wanted, but like my students needed someone that just taught what they needed to, to learn Yeah. and build relationships with them. So obviously yeah. you were a teacher. I was. <laughs> Give us a little bit of your backstory. And you guys were also neighbors for <laughs> we were the people right. watching. They didn't know neighbors as kids yeah. in Tom's River. Mm -hmm. So locals from the start. Yeah. We love supporting the local people. I, th I think my sisters babysat Kelly actually yeah. at some point. There was the play. <laughs> that's great. Yeah. Yeah. That's sisters, awesome. your mom. I used to hang out with his mom all the time. Um, mom must be a yeah. great lady. Yeah. We had those family ties for sure. Absolutely. So. <laughs> And I was telling you earlier, like, I wanted to always be a teacher, so there was no question. Like, I really hyper-focused in, like, how can I become a teacher? So that was, like, a lot of my time spent. Like, I spent time in Wendy's classroom in high school, like, knowing that that's what I wanted to do. Um, so I taught first and second grade, uh, actually a year in Tom's River, and then the rest of my time it, um, in Hazlitt. And then I started doing summer leadership workshops with JD. And honestly, I was pretty shy, reserved, like, in the box a bit. Um, but then Scared of he the had yeah. to get in trouble or <laughs> yeah I think I don't know like high high anxious like perfectionist is yeah. like part of my personality yeah. um, that I've learned you to please yeah absolutely um, but it also like it gives me strength to be like to you know to to hit what I need to do yeah, yeah I'm very disciplined um, but anyway so then I drove out to Pennsylvania with JD who obviously I've known for years. Um, we drove to the wrong hotel first, and then we finally <laughs> made it to the right hotel where we did a training. Uh, I dressed up like Elsa, the ice princess, in the middle <laughs> of a skit, and I was, like, totally out of my box. Yeah. Um, and from that moment on, like, I, I was in love with the work. Like, yeah. creative strategies and leadership. See, like, that's, that's, that, that, that's that creative juices mm. that pulls you yeah. Yeah. versus you pushing the rock up the hill all the time exactly. and your job. And yeah. I think too, like, because like I was a perfectionist and I really wanted to please, it was always like, I was always creative, but quiet about it. And I think that was like kind of the, a little bit of a turning point where I'm like, I can take this and run with it. And honestly, yeah. it helped me like as I started studying education, like it really helped me in my lesson plannings as working with students. And then um, from there, you know, when, it, when JD left, uh, it was no question, like, I was like, I'm all in. <laughs> I would think I was sitting in a parking lot, like, about to like, go work for Bed Bath & Beyond after my first year of PJ. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, no, like, yeah. let's do this, so. Then <laughs> you worked with special needs, right? Yeah, so I, well, I was a general education teacher most of my career, but I always asked for the special education, um, like, inclusion, inclusion classrooms. Yeah. I ended up, at, like, every year I just always had, like, a behavior student or someone that really needed that direct, um, you know, instruction. And to be a little bit flexible and different, but still maintain structure because kids need structure. Yeah, like, um, hey, you know, I wanted to get up and kind of walk around the desk. I wasn't really trying to hurt anybody. I right. just no. didn't want to sit there, you yeah. know? Like, no, absolutely. You put me in this desk for any longer, then I'm going to throw the desk. Right? Yeah. So let me stand up. <laughs> no, right. but like, you're, you're not yeah. the only one. There's so many yeah. students yeah. like that. I'm not mad yeah. at you, but like, <laughs> this box you're putting me in doesn't work for Ryan Robbins. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to break the box quick. Yeah, so, and then, so this year when we were acquired by SBTS, I had the opportunity to leave and there, it was really as hard as it was to leave the students and the relationships that I had in my school, it was no question, it's what I wanted to do. And we talked quickly prior to this, the scale and mm -hmm. the number, the sheer number of students that the both of you yeah. are going to be able to help. Yes, it's sad leaving those students and mm -hmm. leaving that administration that worked, you know, hand in hand with you you're now going to be able to touch so many more kids. Um, and it was really actually help a lot of and funny. My previous superintendent was the one that told me, like, you'd always be fighting for scale. And then, you know, not that he knew that, but that's what caused me to leave teaching was because I always wanted to yeah. find that bigger scale. Yeah. And that's, those are the people that change the world. They think bigger. Mm -hmm, absolutely. Um, yeah. We don't let um, people put us in a box and right. you two aren't letting people put you in a box. And, and again, kudos to you. I don't know if I would have patience. I love helping kids. I love being a fun, fun uncle. Yeah. But I feel like I'm the type of guy that likes to deal with the serious problems, right? Mm -hmm. Like things yeah. that scare people. And, you know, I just have that drive in me to go do it. So to have people like you who are not going to be put in the box and go help our kids, yeah. it's awesome. Right. Thank you. <coughs> so moving on, you guys were just talking. You briefly said acquired by... Uh, uh, a foundation. Yeah. Yeah. 
So the Society for the Prevention of Teen Suicide. It's a bit of a mouthful, but we've perfected it. Yeah, we're working it. Yeah. on the name a little bit. <laughs> so, so again, this really all started mm -hmm. out, you know, tell people a little bit about what lead you really started on and what it's really about. We scraped the surface, yeah. but talk about to the core mm -hmm. what it's about. For, for me, it was, and I think you can kind of sum it up as experiential learning. Um, we never wanted it to be about, hey, we're showing up and I'm an adult and I'm talking at the kids. It's, it's more about bringing people that are going to put the students in situations where they're going to learn for Kinetic themselves. Kinetic learning. And yeah, mm -hmm. and they're going to do it having fun. And they're going to get up, they're going to move around. It's not just sit there and listen to us talk. Um, it's not about my backstory. We don't start off by like talking about me for a half hour. Mm -hmm. We kind of do it in like 30 seconds. Then mm -hmm. it's like, let's just get into it. Kids want to have fun and they can learn along the way. Um, and I say kids, but what's amazing is as we've been growing, now we're working with teachers, we're working with middle school kids, we're working with high schoolers, colleges, so we're starting to realize that everyone wants to have fun. Mm -hmm. Everybody wants, but you have to set the table for that. You have to set the table for fun. And it's, and it's kind of, you know, it might sound a little cheesy, but I do feel like it's an art form setting the scene yeah and absolutely. setting the scene and you're setting a scene tonight it's like you experience to, yeah mm -hmm. you have to set that experience up you have to curate it and you have to do it with music you have to do it with the people that you bring with you and you have to do it with the energy you're providing yeah. so when you set the scene for the kids i i feel as though the most memorable experiences happen and you know you always remember how somebody made you feel you not necessarily remember all the things you learned, but you remember, oh, like, lead you came to my school. I remember they made me feel good about myself. Yeah, it was fun. Yeah, yeah, it was fun. So experiential learning was the idea. So <coughs> we go around, uh, whether it's school assemblies or leadership workshops, and, and we just, every, everything we do, we kind of customize, and we make sure that it's rooted, of course, in content, but we always put the fun first so that they have fun and then you bring them back. Hey, why do we do that? What does that have to do with connectivity? What does that have to do about confidence? How does that mm. relate to smart choices <coughs> in life? And really making it about fun and then tying it together at the end of the day. And yeah. you keep saying we, like one of the biggest <laughs> differences of us and other assembly companies yeah. is we come in with our crew, yeah. um, who's, we call them teaching artists, but they're honestly just a group of incredible human beings from like all different backgrounds. Some have education experience, theater experience. All local? Some, or? Yeah, most we were, local. We were yeah. going to see how many chairs you had, because yeah. we could have <laughs> this whole you fire pit You said two max, up. but we, we have a lot, and they, they just get the mission and believe in it, but the most important thing is that they're connecting with the students. Like again, it's not just JD and the front talking at them yeah. there we're experiencing it together today we did a workshop with kindergarten and first grade students and we had seven of our crew there um but again they were in small groups they were working with someone who is really cool and, and exciting to them country right. mike you know needs a spotlight sorry he... i keep getting choked <laughs> <laughs> i don't know what's in my throat i don't know why these flames went we'll in take there. a sip <laughs> yeah but uh country mike's one of our staple characters and he he, the, his ability to I used connect. to know a bum named Country Mike <laughs> <laughs> that now floated around Bricktown. Wait, there's <laughs> anybody who watches from Bricktown, there's a bum named Country We might have to rebrand him. Yeah. A, bum, a bum named Country Mike, and he was good friends with my buddy Anthony's no father. Yeah, oh, he would no. use him on little side well, jobs. he has some competition. He's not going to be happy about it. Maybe we should find the, 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 the yeah. bum Country Mike. Let's, let's bring That'll him with us. I hope he's still alive. The real Country Mike. Yeah. That's funny, man. And, and, I, and I know that you guys have a team, um, and, it, and it takes you know leaders to, to lead people. Mm -hmm. Everybody who may be within your organization are excellent at what they do. And a lot of times I tell my clients, and I'm not allowed to talk about finance too much on this, but you know, I'm the head coach of the team. You may have an excellent CPA, an excellent lawyer, an excellent insurance person, but I'm the guy collectively creating the virtual line of communication. I'm setting the team. I'm creating the presence when I walk in the room. Right. I'm making it fun. I'm making it educational. And you two, to me, stand out as leaders. I don't mm -hmm. know if that's how that. the pecking order works in, uh, within Lead You, um, but I know for a fact smart people like you have great people behind you who are mm -hmm. helping you. So shout out to all of them. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. They're amazing. And I think um, one thing I try to always be mindful of, like we never hire, obviously you have to submit a resume, but it's, it's about personality, it's about drive, it's about passion for the mission. Um, you know, if people are passionate about the mission that we have with us, it's gonna work. And we've been very fortunate to surround ourselves with like amazing humans that are all in on the mission. And they're, what's really cool to see, and I'm sure you see this all the time, is like, 
you don't put them in that box that we talked about <coughs> earlier. Let them be. Yeah, you don't put them in the box because we've all been in the box. So you let them be and you slowly watch them really attach themselves to the mission, find their own personality. And then they're doing things that I, we can never think of. And like, it's like, oh, that's a way better idea than I have. And, yeah. and it slowly starts to happen. So it's facilitating that, which it sounds like you do. Yeah, you, you want people to take your job. Work too. Yeah. 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 You want people to be able to take your job. Mm -hmm. Absolutely, yeah. You, know, you don't want to just control people. And I think that's what the box does. Mm -hmm. You think about things on a macro level as a country and or a world. We put people in this system. Here's the school system. This is how you're supposed to do. Right. This is what we're supposed to be. And when you're not what you're supposed to be, yeah. Right. In a sense of, you know, a student or you should go be a teacher or you should take the route of a doctor or you should go to college. You know, you kind of start to second guess yourself mm -hmm. because you're put into these boxes of what we're supposed to be. So right. when you allow people to be freed and do what they want to do, I'll give you a quick example. Yeah. It's not about me. It's about you. But yeah. I'm in a compliant world. It's a super litigious world. So they don't even want me having like my logo on this bourbon glass because right. they're like, oh, someone might see that, you know, implement an investment move and sue us if it went bad. That's ridiculous. Yeah. But that's how scared the compliance and home offices are. When I was able to get outside that and run with Evan and Fireside, it made me so much happier. I was really able to do so much more. And indirectly, it fed my other business. So when you have people... <clears throat> in your world or kids you're trying to set free to own who they are like man you're you're doing something powerful and i've been punching at the schools i've been punching at superintendents yeah. for a long time saying like you guys are doing this wrong i get that you're in a box but like someone get outside the box push the gray the gray area a little bit more one of my most favorite days was we worked with the toms river administrative team um we did a workshop for them one summer and the amount of fun they had and we had we, we yeah. kind of like we almost like tried to fit back in the box but we took the teaching points as points that they really wanted to hit on and we came up with like different stations for them to go to and honestly the joy and smiles that were in that room it was incredible yeah, and like you know it. and it was it was for us like it was important yeah. that that work was happening um because i think every everyone needs it they need to lighten up and <laughs> you know, remember why they got into the, you know, the career and the passion for helping students. Yeah, I think it can get cold quick, right? Mm -hmm. You're like, you know, why am I here as a college student? And you're visualizing everything that you thought of mm -hmm. as a second grader up until the time you actually go and do it, you get smacked in the face. Mm -hmm. yeah, you do. And you're like, this isn't what I visualized. Right. This isn't even close. So to have people like you come back in and say, we get it. Mm -hmm. Let's huddle up. <laughs> and I think what you're hitting on, and, and we just met, obviously, but, like, you have a certain authenticity to you, and I tried, we try to instill that with our crew and ourselves. It's like you have to be authentic. You can't go in there with this prepared speech. It's got to be, yeah. hey, all right, like, we understand you, but, like, we're here for you. It's not – I always tell the crew, go out, like, what kind of shirt are they wearing? Like, are they wearing a Vikings jersey? Ask them, like, what, what team they like. <coughs> oh, they're wearing, yeah. they like, Minecraft, whatever it is. Yeah, there needs to be an authenticity to it because mm -hmm. that's how students connect with us. Yeah. And I feel like that's – we try to preach that and try to live that. It's mm -hmm. not easy, though, in this world, especially with social media. Yeah. Uh, what's, it, the, what's the biggest thing you guys think that you tackle, right? Like, is it is it a challenge of – <clears throat> bullying is it a challenge of kids just not knowing who they are we briefly touched yeah. on you know the furry or the kid being a cat and and those types of things that are really something i didn't experience in school but you are seeing more frequently like what are you running into the most and how are you overcoming that it's a great question i feel as though it's changed over the years for me personally right now i think it's all about resilience mm -hmm. And resiliency, you can't preach that enough or you can't really have them experience <coughs> resiliency enough um, just because of the last two years. So I think over, overall, we always, you know, we have this overarching thing about leadership and kindness. However, resiliency right now seems to be the big push. And yes, to your point about like, you know, identifying as a cat. We talked about the furry earlier. It's like 
having your own values, having your own morals and believing in yourself, knowing who you are and being okay with that. You're figuring it out. Man. Like, mm. you, don't, you don't have to sign this today and say, this is who I am today, especially mm. when you're in third grade, man. <laughs> yeah. Like It's like, take your time. I'm still figuring it out. I'm 39 years old. I'm still figuring it out every day. It's like, I know where my morals are, but like slowly believing <coughs> that, yeah, you're going to eventually figure it out. Why does a third grader think they even need to figure it out? It's a great point. <coughs> like what's happening in society besides social media and yeah. again I, I don't want to tell anybody how to parent right. and you also don't want to put your kid at disadvantage to not understand technology because I believe social media will help me impact a lot of people for the good mm -hmm. Get that reach. right yeah. here mm -hmm. and it will pay me enough money for me to live the financial free life I want with my family so like there's like w how do you stop that like what is causing a third year old to think that they need to know what their mission is or who they are in third grade I think a big part of it is we teach skills to be turn into jobs as opposed to like teaching skills to be a good human. Yeah. And I think you think the system is set up that way? I think it is. Yeah. I think uh, I and I, I think it's society. Like I can't you can't even like blame a school or like it's a parent. It's, it's so it's, much higher. I than would that. say it's society and until yeah. we see that change in society because at the end of the day like to be organized is a great skill, but I'm not being an organizer so i can have, get have this bourbon. job i should be that because that helps me be who i am and in order to be who you are and have your own core values and be confident in who you are you will find that job that's right for you see i could see it totally in you that you are completely like the thank you you are completely the uh person who was like i'm gonna do this you are well behaved in school yeah, you no, probably absolutely. didn't yeah. cause much of uh, an <laughs> issue for your parents doing your homework but <clears throat> it gives me hope to see, and JD, I got something for you too, but it gives yeah. me hope to see someone like you that was like, this is fucking wrong. Mm -hmm. yeah. I can do more outside this box and taking that leap of faith and mm -hmm. a little bit of homework here and a little bit of a nugget for the fireside yeah. for your viewers who haven't seen it yet. This is all about spotlighting people who want to take the leap of faith from leaving the rat race mm -hmm. yep. because that's the system they want to put you in. You go to school, you do what you're told, you come out with a college loan, you buy a home, and before you know it, the institutions, the corporations, and the government own you. Every dollar mm -hmm. coming in goes back out to them. It's set up that way. It always comes back to money. So to see somebody like you who was... Would you call yourself a rule follower? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> like you, you, you know, you two. If you two were in the same classroom as yeah. kids, it'd be very different. She'd be like, Ryan's misbehaving. <laughs> She'd quietly be no, pointing to you. <laughs> it was no, the difference was I'd help you. Like that's where, honestly, like yeah, I, that's my, your heart. My, my yeah. teacher, Mrs. Seitz, my second year teacher, I love her. I actually got to work with her when I was my first year of teaching. But like, I'd always like ask to work with the troublemakers because I loved like helping them, and I think that's where like the teacher in me came from. And it's now the work that I do. That's why I married Kelly, yeah. my teacher. <laughs> I know I need somebody that can keep helping me. Well, I help my fiance out a lot too. <laughs> um, but no, and the coolest thing too is it's all about self-discovery. Um, my yeah. parents are some of the most in incredible people. Um, and I was like nervous to tell them like this was my plan. Like I remember like sitting down and like breaking down and being like I, I have to leave because I like that's where like a lot of it. It was all you leaving that pension teaching. and those yeah. benefits. Yeah, but they were <laughs> for honestly, our neighbor <laughs> <laughs> for JD. <laughs> Doesn't yeah. he work at the brewery? <laughs> <laughs> no, but they were they were honestly like they're like we knew you would. Like they, they innately they know. knew that that was the right thing. Like I had to do, and like I knew it. I knew it, but I yeah. think I had to. You have to realize it. No one can tell you that. Right. Yeah. It's it's definitely what you guys are obviously trying to instill in these kids, and help them understand who they really are. Mm -hmm. um, so when you're going out to these school districts, you're working with it seems three different groups. You're working with the teachers, the children and the administrative staff. Yep. Um, tell us a little bit about what goes on in each of those three different phases. So I think the best way to break it down is let's say you're Principal Ryan and you reach out to us. You're like, hey, I have, uh, I'll talk a little bit about the younger kids. I have kindergarten to fifth grade. We have an elementary school. What can you do? Um, we always believe in breaking it down into like three assemblies, not to get too inside the, the numbers here, yeah. but K to one will be its own assembly because of content and a and, you know, level of connection with mm -hmm. K to one. Two to three would be its own assembly and then four to five. And then we build out a program based on those ages and we ask them. I say, hey, Principal Ryan, like, what do you, what do you want us 
to touch on? Like, what do you have going on in your school? We try to figure out what are your themes or what things are you struggling with right now? So it's not That's like a hot a, topic. Yeah, exactly. It's not like a, it's not a show. It's not a cookie cutter. It's an experience mm -hmm. we like to think. And so, and the kids notice, like, I'll be like, Hey, I know that principal Ryan mentioned that your theme this year is kindness counts or whatever it is. And we tie that in. Um, when we show up to the school and it's just, the crew comes with us. We set it up so it's like a game, so they think they're competing for points. I don't know if like how big your elementary audience is, but nobody wins. Uh, I hate to tell <laughs> the kids that, but like it's just it's for engagement. It keeps them going, and there's it's a very high paced. You can kind of tell by the way I'm talking right now. High paced, in your face. Here's a topic. Here's a game. Here's a topic. Here's a game. Here's a topic. Here's a game. Calm down. Now let's get back up and moving. What through is the very what quickly. is the 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 mindset of that? What is the rationale for it? The, as far as the quickness? Like the mental, like what, is it, is it to be like, is it like hand-eye coordination quickness? For me, or it's is a little it about bit, um, I like studied a little bit about like whole brain teaching. And so mm -hmm. it's like, and you mentioned like kinesthetic learning earlier. Mm -hmm. So it's just like. I student, didn't say the word as well though. I didn't, <laughs> did you, I didn't graduate high school. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, you thought I did though. <laughs> <laughs> I was with you. Uh, kinesthetic learning just, um, it seems very simple, but it's like, it's taking your fingers when I talk. I say, hey, take your fingers, go like this. Everybody say resilience. They all go resilience. It's like, don't give them an opportunity to, to check think. out. Yeah, mm -hmm. don't give them an opportunity to check out. Don't give, yeah. and then with the middle schoolers, Stick it's, move, stick move. Yes, exactly. It, it is a little bit like a bite. With middle school especially, it's like, don't give them an opportunity to hate on it. Don't give them an opportunity to like, be like, ah, th this yeah. sucks. You know, this it's like, lame. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it's like, make sure that you stay, out. the quicker you move, but you still then you take a breath and then you hit them a little bit with the teaching point. Yeah. And I think a they all love. Yeah, I, th I think they respect the fact that it's not as showy too. They respect the fact that they're like, this guy's, you know, they're kind of riffing up here, mm -hmm. you know, and it, it's a little more improv and authentic. So I don't know if I answered the question, but it's a very quick, no, fast paced yeah. experience. Um, I believe in that because I think it, it really gets your energy going. And also, we are the flavor of the day. It's like, let's kill it for an hour. Yeah. And then step, and then we, when we step aside. But leave, leave them with something like, wow, what just happened? And then what we like to do is we have a follow-up with the teachers. Like, when you go back to your classrooms, you know, make sure you reemphasize the talking points that they went through or the talking points that happened. Um, so very, it's kind of like a, it's a fast-paced buffet. So jumping back in, guys, yeah. we have to take a little break with the cameras. Um, <laughs> hey, we got our, we got our, what are these called? I, I think they used to be called Mondos. Fruit or, barrels. Yeah, barrels. now they're called fruit yeah. barrels. It's, it's the Payless shoes of fruit juices. <laughs> Shout out like to a Dollar little, Tree. Yeah, Dollar Tree. They come in handy in so much we have parties. They're the best. <laughs> and we got a little, keeps them in business. Yeah, absolutely. Juicy juice. Yeah, we're triple fisting right now. Yeah. There you go. We're thinking about the kids. It's awesome. Kids, it. don't drink until you're 21. That's right. Stick to um, the juicy juice. Thankfully, only adults watch this. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I, I wanted to talk a little bit more about the teen suicide yeah. and your guys' approach, um, if I can use my terminology, almost like a, a back doorway into yep. the school district to talk about these stuff and, and, and help uh, talk about this stuff and help the kids. Please elaborate a little bit more on that. Sure. I feel as though uh, one of the reasons that um, SPTS, Society for Prevention of Teen Suicide. Mouthful. The, yeah, it's a lot going on there. We're going to, we're working on it. Um, I need my marketing people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we have a rebrand coming up, but SPTS, um, an amazing group of humans. I think one of the reasons they reached out to us and acquired us is they know that you have to get to the kids at a younger age. And there is a way to teach suicide prevention um, without using those words to a younger age and that's building confidence that's empowering them at a young age that's letting them know that it's okay to have these feelings and giving them strategies different breathing techniques or grounding techniques for when you're feeling these ways and things you can do um so there is a way like anxiety to, or yeah, sadness stress or overwhelm or yeah all those things all but those as a feelings. kid you don't even know what that is you don't know how to process it so we try to do that we don't try we do that in a very fun and effective way that's going to help them so when they become teens and then, and then they're really dealing with those huge issues. Uh, and they're starting to talk about those ideas of resiliency and having to bounce back. It's like, okay, now that they're at that, they had us and they had these different programs. And, and I do want to say, like, I love that there's other programs out there. Like, we don't have competition because we're any 
group of humans that you get in front of kids right now that have a positive message about resiliency, <coughs> let's do it. Like there is no There's 400 million people. Yeah, in let's How go. How many children are there? Yeah, exactly. They'll, they'll be able to identify what different people are saying. A thousand like, percent. Maybe they aren't energy people. Maybe we're too much for them. But someone else will come in and hit different hit them. approach. Yeah, yeah absolutely. absolutely. Bob Solomon. Maybe mm -hmm. he comes in with a book. Yeah, there's Bob. Yeah, yeah, there's Bob. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, and to elaborate on that a yeah, little please. bit more, I think like. JD said it earlier, resilience is what that common thread is for us um, because we're, in Susan, our clinical director's words, like we're the protective factors. And then they really go deep dive into like the content of suicide prevention at the, at the older level. They have curriculums, they, as opposed to us being, which is we go in and we're out, mm -hmm. they really, the, life, the whole Lifelines curriculum is about supporting the entire community. So starting with administrators of policies and then working their way down to the students. Um, so now that we're working together, it's really like we're that we found our niche um, and we can provide really services from preschool all the way up to high school That's and training crazy. teachers. You got so, a niche down. Yeah. yeah. So, and we did Have it together. Have you had any active things where you've done either a small group and I know you're you're probably very sensitive to making sure you don't trigger someone's thought like mm -hmm. I was thinking about this today. These people are making me nervous. I, I'm going to do something bad. Right. You're obviously very smart and how you tackle these things have you had any live things or like right after an assembly like you had a kid go and, and, and go to your team so or? assemblies aren't safe practice for speaking suicide prevention directly yeah. um so that's where we really especially when we mold content we really focus on the workshop model um so it's a smaller group of students and really making sure that there's counselors around um one of the coolest things is it does happen i've like, we've seen it happen and even we know the warning signs because we're learning them, but like having their counselors and their teachers in the room and present to be kind of on the lookout for that yeah. is, is essential. Um, we ran our youth wellness summit and the coolest thing was all of the counselors in the whole building wore like gold beads to be able to identify them. So in case something is triggering that came up, they would know who to go to to talk to. So like those little things, creative strategies makes it easier for kids to know that they have people that are there for them. Yeah, not everybody has to know about it. You can, yeah, you know, right. quietly do yeah, it. Yeah, that's really, really cool. Uh, I'm drawing a blank right now. It's been a long week, and I hate when I do that to not be able to refer to the name, but there was a, a Hall of Fame safety for the Philadelphia Eagles. What do you think? And, uh, <coughs> Dawkins? Dawkins. Got it. Have you heard Dawkins' Hall no. of Fame speech? Remind me. Wow, it was impactful. I was sitting in this pool watching the TV and my brother-in-law. Really? And we were both like almost in tears, like, you know, hugging each other out here. You know, maybe too many Coors Lights, maybe yeah. it was a speech. I don't know. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it, you know, he just talked about his depression. Did and he his really? anxiety and these walls he ran into. And you know what his key thing was? Keep going. Mm -hmm. Keep going. Keep going. Yeah. You're going to get through this. Yeah. There's another side to this. You guys keep touching on resilience. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's it's pretty impressive that with what you guys do, you're able to drive that into uh, a young girl or boy's head. Um, you know how to be resilient. Yeah, um, and have them discover it for themselves too, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's like, and that's that's what we, it's like. It's one thing to to speak to them, but having them feel it and discover it on their own, like, oh, I I, I got this, mm -hmm. and I, we think the strategies and the you can call them games, but really the strategies that we put together really help them like discover that on their own. And then that's where the real learning happens. They walk out of there being like, oh, I do got this. Like I, I do, I, I do feel that at this time, you know? So now I'm putting you guys on the spot with yeah, this question. You're good. So you can come to this assembly. I'm a child who's having some of these struggles and we go through this and I feel good. I'm like, all right, that was cool. But then you leave, you go on to the next town, the next school, the next city, next yep. state. Is there something for these kids to reach back out to you? Is there a course that you know they can go on or their parents could buy or things that are kind of afterthoughts after you leave? I'm gonna be transparent first <laughs> off. When I first started the company with Kelly, no. The first year, I didn't know what I was doing. And I was like, okay, like who does? Is, and you know, <laughs> I just, yeah, I, I was like, and we honestly didn't like, it was like, all right, they had fun. That was great. But now what? And, and then you start to realize that could actually, you know, depending on what you're talking about, that could be dangerous down the road. So you have to make sure you have those safe practices in place. So, and that's yeah. the relationship works so well with SPTS because they have a lot of that education already 
already done. It's already um, there. One of our goals is really to do more elementary content resources. Um, at, but their middle school, high school, they have so much free training for parents, for community members, um, going on their website, uh, making educators partners is one of their free trainings. Cause Are that's they where here in Jersey is like, yep. what, we're at a free, free hold. And what is the website parents would go to to learn some of this so stuff? So it's spts.usa.org. Awesome. So they can find it. And also all of our social media. That's what keeps us in touch. Lead you. Know, you. With everyone. That's yep. right. That's <laughs> how I found you. Yep. Look for the whale. You <laughs> led me the there. Whale. Yeah, look for um, the whale. I thought yeah. it was Vineyard Vine at first. I am a fan of Vineyard Vine. I was like, oh, I'm like, here. The friendly whale. Like we said, we don't have competitors, but a friendly yeah. whale. That whale is technically <laughs> facing the other yeah. way. I don't know if you noticed that, Ron. So technically, well, you know what? Vineyard Vines is still you. We're safe. I think we're safe. It's facing, facing. Never thought it's of it that forward. way. Vineyard Vines is Vineyard Vines is confused whale. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, we're trying to. Yeah, that's good. We also, uh, during COVID, when the school shut down, we came up with a leadership, uh, living room leadership series, which it really <laughs> it was the first time we were able to come up with like a video series to bring it into homes and that was we did it all yeah, in like 48 I think that's hours huge. yeah living room yeah. leadership it's yeah, i think it. that's huge people's yeah. lives are too busy yeah. Yeah. what did you say when you sat down both of you it's the first time we it's, relaxed it's the first time we've relaxed and it feels like months months why they've been booked every day on mission yeah you're on, on mission. mission you're running yeah you're, you're focused on an end goal you have a fiance i'm sure you're planning a wedding maybe oh, yeah. buying a home <laughs> yeah jd's looking for a fiance yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. that's fit tinder can get busy <laughs> <laughs> it's you know your lives are very busy so as a parent right yeah how busy is your life very mm -hmm. busy so to be able to bring that into the home that could be another vertical, right? right? Not to just think business, but my mind goes business because none of this happens without money. Mm -hmm. right. And that's where people get it confused. Oh, well, this is a foundation or this is this. No, JD and Kelly can't do what they do for our kids if they don't have money behind them, right? Mm -hmm. Right? They don't have the government wheel that gets pumped. Or they don't have the state money that gets pumped into right. the system, you know, in the school district. So I think that could be a cool vertical you guys can pitch, and I would help you with doing that and putting together the finance behind it um, be to pitch it to your foundation and be like, hey, we should do more living room talk so the parents are engaged. Because yeah. we need to engage the parents mm -hmm. more, right? Right. Yeah, no, absolutely. Absolutely, and having your backing on that would be amazing, mm -hmm. man. That would be yeah. great. I, I would love to just give you you know, some insight, maybe on you know, money and how it would work. And, yeah. Yeah. I think that's cool. it just came in my head now. That's great. <laughs> it's also that like living by example, like we can't do this alone. And like for kids to yeah. see that, like we all have to support one another, like then community, they'll learn it. Yep. Absolutely. So I want to talk a little bit about you, Kelly, right? Yeah, sure. Um, because you guys are looking to impact people, but myself, JD and Kelly are continually discovering ourselves and working on us. Right. Um, we talked about Andy Fasillo. Mm -hmm. Shout out to First Form. Mm -hmm. Andy, come on my show. <laughs> Sorry Andy, for drinking. I won't right let now. you dictate my <laughs> podcast like you dictate yours. You but, have to invite me back for that episode. Yeah. I'll bring the juice boxes yeah. if you guys if you got them. Listen, they only have one gram is, of sugar in yeah. them. Twenty twenty two. I said this, Andy. So this could be twenty thirty two. But you will be on my podcast, dog. Um, we talked about seventy five hard. Mm -hmm. Um, I did it. I did fail at the end. Mm -hmm. What day? 50. Okay. I was in Vermont, but not that alcohol controls me by mm -hmm. any means. Um, but I've been in a pattern, right? Since I was 21 years old, you're going out. And then I got into my world where it was about entertaining clients. And, mm -hmm. you know, you're just kind of on the regular, at least a couple times a week, having a few drinks. So I've never not drank for 30 days, let alone three weeks right. in 10 years. Mm -hmm. right. So that was kind of a challenge because it's a shift in your daily routine and your mm -hmm. habits. Um, but I think it did something for me, even though I didn't complete the 75 days, even those 50 days. And you and I were talking about it. And to be very blunt, I didn't see you as somebody who would listen to Andy Frasillo. Right. And that's where I think us as humans, mm -hmm. we judge people. We assume a certain way about ourselves. Right. Mm -hmm. And uh, we shouldn't do that. But talk about what 75 Hard did for you. Honestly, going back to the theme of the night, it's resilience. Um, the biggest thing, it's, it's a confidence change. It was hard as anything. As fuck. Yeah. So, so hard. 
five o'clock yeah. in the morning, walks outside in the freezing cold, work so out again later. I was, I was like, that's where I was though, but it was COVID and I was teaching from home and I have an apartment right now. And I, my, my room, my bedroom was my classroom. It was my gym. It was my bedroom. And it was also like a laundry pit of all, cause I didn't, you know, yeah. I was doing 75 hard. Those, those little things start to slip, you know, yeah. because you're so you got no focused. Time. Yeah. Um, but I knew everyone was sitting home and drinking and you're getting into that habit and gaining weight. And I was just so unhappy. Yep. I like lead you wasn't going on. Like that was my one thing that really always yeah, kept me like horrible. going and vision. And I just, I was like, I have to do something. And honestly, I saw it scrolling TikTok and I hate TikTok, but it kept, you know, it's one of those things that bring your attention. Someone's like, oh, I'm going to do 75 hard. I'm not going to drink for 75 days. So, and like, that's what people hear. They hear the diet, they hear the drinking and it's not, it's mental resilience. It is mental resilience. And that's what kept me going because I knew I've tried every diet I've done. I was an athlete my whole life. Yeah. I know how to go to the gym. I know how to work yeah. out. But if you experience it, no one gets it until you, you try it, it and yeah. you do it. And like day 50, like I will say, like you change, like once you hit that day 75, it's like, there's no stopping you. Well, I, I didn't think many people were stopping me prior to 75 yeah. hard, yeah. but then I did feel, you know, I lost a hundred pounds at one point. Yeah. I gained about 35 back since I met my wife. We, we have lived mm -hmm. well and traveled yeah, and ate no, food and, and drank. And I was feeling the same way. Like, man, this is the same routine. I'm drinking mm -hmm. with you again at the fire pit. Mm -hmm. Right, right. I'm getting fatter and fatter. I got a beautiful son. I got a second kid on the way, man. I need to change some of this up. And it's although a boot I am camp for your mind, that's what he calls it. It, it is. And I'm you like, need it. I need to get tougher. Mm -hmm. right. I need to get even more mentally tough. And to flip this back to what Lead You is doing, yeah. in your own type of way with games or strategies or however you want to talk about it, you're doing this for young kids. And like, I didn't even think that existed. Like, I wouldn't. Like for me, I'm kind of like, I would think of myself as like messed up. I'm gonna tell. I tell Colton every day, my son. Like, you need to work hard to have this. You need to work hard. Like, I'm in his grill, not all day. I don't make his life. He has a lot of fun. He rides his tractor. I don't want it to seem like a psychopath. But, right. like, I have constant reminders throughout the month, throughout the weeks, where, like, dude, life is not easy. Mm -hmm. you got to work for this. Um, because, you know, no one gave that to me. And I, I feel the kids nowadays, more than ever, um, you know, they got time to worry about are they a cat or are they a female. Right. Um, like that's not the real problems in the world. Like what's the kid who's three years old worrying about in Ukraine right now? Yeah. Exactly. That's real problems. Yep. Um, so what you guys are doing is removing all of those types of thoughts and just, you know, getting right after them and what may be the, you know, the source of what's making them upset. So again, I, I just think it's awesome. Thank you. I really do. So at the core of it, like those, those life skills and your core values, like they, they dictate how you respond to different things. Mm -hmm. And I think that that comes into play a lot with like behaviors in school are outrageous right now. Kids are, they don't know Tough. how to act in school. Yeah. They get but away think, with it though. Yeah. But I also think they're responding to like not knowing what's going on. Like it's just like, there's, especially this year we learned there's like kindergarten, first, second graders who never sat in an assembly before. Yeah, the, they didn't yeah. know what an assembly was. Yeah. Um, so it's like the transitions of, and that's what behavior is stemmed by. It's like, they don't, you know, they don't know what to do and they don't know how to act and like we have to retrain them and help them. Yeah. yeah. I always tell the crew that, especially even with middle school, I'm like, it's not their fault, guys. Like mm -hmm. we're not, you're not going to get the round of applause. You're not going to get the high fives all the time with certain age groups. And like you have to, you have to realize what they've been through. Not only are they middle schoolers. I mean, I've gotten a glimpse of what you were like as a middle schooler. <laughs> I know myself, like I, I was short and chubby and like I, I was, I was definitely going through my phase. And you're, you're already you're going through so much. And then you add the last two years of COVID and everything on top. It's like, it's not their fault. We got to do our best to get through to the kid. Are they going to let you know on the way out? Maybe not. But they definitely felt something up here, maybe in their heart as well. Yeah, somewhere. Yeah, so that's what you got to hope for. Yeah, I was the biggest, like, uh, I'd argue with you, but you yeah. didn't know that I listened. Mm -hmm. Right. So they're listening. Right. They are it's listening. Like the touches with marketing. I'm learning marketing. That's the cool part about what we do is I'm learning all the different parts of the industry, which I yeah. love. But like, it's the same with learning. You have to you have to hear it different ways. You have to experience it multiple times. Yeah. So like, I suck at reading books. Yeah. I got to listen on audiobooks. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's just uh, different types of learning. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And there's a, a couple guys. We were talking about that fancy word you said. I don't want to say it because I mispronounced it. <laughs> 
100%. I love that. I said it, Dr. Kelly. I have the opposite of fancy word guy. So that's Kelly's teacher kicks in. Kinesthetic. Kinesthetic. You can do it. So I was That part will never leave me. But that's an amazing part of you. And my wife is the same. Yeah. It's the name Kelly. Yeah, it is. And it's the Irish. Yeah. What was I saying? I was going somewhere with this. The, the guy in my coaching group, right. he, a lot of times you go out and you learn these men things. Men. Talk about men for a second. And they talk about defending your home. They talk about being a good father. They talk about being a good dad, and, uh, being a good husband. But he's like, men need to go through that actual training. They need to get hands-on, right? right? They need to go actually walk through these types of scenarios like you were doing for the children. So when you guys said that, it just totally connected me. I had this conversation literally two weeks ago. Right. Like, you have to actually do these things. Like, you can't just talk at them. you got to do them. Yeah. Continuous learning. I think your foot is smoking. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> it's the only pair of sneakers that it's he the only owns. One I have, he can't too. burn them. <laughs> I can see who is. So talk a little bit quickly about COVID, right? So you guys ramped this up. You quit your job. Yep. You didn't quit yet at the time, right? So you still thankfully had a job and, and pay coming in. You had no pay coming in. You said, I'm going to Hawaii. Talk about that. Why? Sure. Um, yeah, I mean, right when COVID happened, uh, took a little bit of time. But then we realized, obviously, getting people in a room, kids in a room is not a thing. So, you know, I went through my own process. I went through my own, um, you know, I, ju I just lost my mom a couple months earlier. I'm very sorry and, for that. Uh, yeah. Uh, but again, she's such an inspiration and of where we're at. And kind of try to listen to her in that moment. Like, what would she want me to do? And it's that it's that move forward. Yeah, keep going. Yeah, keep going. And it's and for me, it was uh, all right. I could go back to teaching in Jersey, um, or I could take this as a you know I could really look at this as an experience. Um, I, we're roughly the same age, I feel like. So you remember like Super Mario Brothers? Mm -hmm. uh, I, I looked at it as like a like a free guy. Mm -hmm. I looked at it as like, all right, like you get that green mushroom. It's a free guy right now. What can I go do for a year? Anything I want. Anything I want. Well, how cool is that? Well, what, what am I certified in? Oh, I'm certified in teaching. So let me see if Hawaii needs a job right now. And <laughs> uh, you get so, all the backgrounds. Yeah, so it's always whenever you want, right? Yeah. The leaf blower guy is going to come around <laughs> soon. But um, for me personally, you know, I needed that break. And when you talked about, and I'm happy you brought it up about our own coaches or our own mental health because yeah. like it's something that i i struggle with my uh, on my own right like i don't take care of myself sometimes because i'm putting so much into the mission so it was for me it was a great way to unplug get away for a little bit get a different perspective get back to my roots with teaching and really kind of reset recalibrate um and then you know, things just started falling in place without me having to really do much. I got the phone call from SPTS. Have and you then, read the book, The One Thing? No, I know of it very much, yeah. Mm -hmm. I'll add it, it to my list. Yeah, I know of it. Read it. Mm -hmm. It's yeah. all about counterbalance. Mm -hmm. You know, he talks about balance is, is, is a farce. Right. It's not real because it's, it, there's no way that if you're balancing home life, you're balancing relationship, you're balancing work, you're balancing health, if you're not fixated on any one area where 75 Heart has you fixated on your health, mm -hmm. mentally and physically, for 75 days, changing your habits, and then you're fixated on work. So we talked about it. Matt was a gentleman. He owns uh, 38 Jersey Mikes. He yep. was on two people. Yeah, I saw him. Yeah, I was watching. Yeah. Matt's like, what a great guy. Super nice guy, man. Very intelligent, too. We talked about sprints and taking breaks. And, you know, being in Hawaii... What you probably discovered, I don't want to speak for you, I want to ask you this, was probably this creative genius just spinning oh, and spinning and spinning. Talk about that a little bit and all the things you could do for Lead You. Yeah, Kelly will tell you. It was, it was like, in retrospect, I don't know where we'd be without that break because mm -hmm. so much time I had to really kind of say, what do I really want to do with this? Okay, yeah, what's who, my purpose? What's my purpose? And also, who is, I mean, COVID taught us all, like, who's really on this mission with me? And every Sunday, Kelly and our good friend Justin, who's an advisor for us and a really good friend of the company, uh, he, every Sunday we'd have a call and I'd have a week to really prep. All right, I want to start doing this. All right, how do we get more involved? What's happening in the world? Creatively, it really started to set in the change we can make. And I'll be honest, when we got the call from SPTS, 
my first thought was like, no, no, no. I like, I want to do our own thing. But then we talked about what earlier, the reach and the yeah. audience, and then realizing, oh wait, we can grow from this personally. Money. And our mission can grow with money because right now, I mean, there's a whole thing on CNBC about me <laughs> that about like how like my money management skills, which I could probably use your coaching on, like we're not the best in Hawaii. I was bleeding out there, but I, I wanted the mission. And I said, and it's so funny how, like you said, the one thing, like that balance started coming for me. And then I got the phone call and it started making sense. Like we got to go do this. So, place. Yeah. And it really, everything fell in. I was like, if I'm leaving Hawaii, it's going to be to grow this thing. And I need help growing this thing. And luckily, so think about us as a kid, and I want to talk to you about ADHD soon, mm -hmm. especially for the ADHD person. Yeah, you're constantly running. You're in the hyper focus. If you're not in the hyper focus, then you're thinking about. For at least for me, I'm thinking about like bad shit. Like, oh, like yeah. my business is gonna fail. Like, no, it's all right, Ryan. You're killing it. Or, or <laughs> like, oh my god, you're gonna get sick or whatever it is. And I overcame that as a younger kid, um, and I understand how to now be relaxed. But it's a constant run it's a constant run sometimes we got to do a little bit and sit back yeah see what it produces right right it's like how do i always just run 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 if me and evan switch something up we switch up the content if i keep switching up the content three times ago if i switch up the content how do i know if that worked right right and i think the society that we're in for children as well is boom 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 right you're in clash Here's one test. Here's the next test. Yeah. Here's the next Jesus. test. You're still doing the same thing as a business owner. Can I ask you, when did you learn that? I'm sorry to interrupt, but when did you learn that? Like, because that took me, I'm still learning it, if I'm being authentic. Like, I really am still learning that. So you said you learned that at an earlier age? Kind yeah, of? I, 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 I am a, I'm, I'm observant as hell. Yeah. I pay attention to people around me, and I've been lucky at a young age to put myself around successful people. And I'm the type of guy that's willing to chew through concrete for success. And I know they say this over and over again for the people who watch this, but it was like, boo, 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 boo. Yeah. sometimes maybe just sit back and maybe the wall's weak and it's going to fall. Interesting. And I had people tell me that, tell me that, tell me that. I was cold calling 100 to 150 business owners a day yeah. saying like, hey, you want to talk to me about your health insurance? You want to talk to me about your finances, right? right? And sometimes like maybe I should sit back a week and 12 of those people will call me back and now I have 12 new appointments. Right. So I was probably, to answer your question, I was probably 25 when it really settled in. Okay. And I still, to your point, struggle with it. Yeah. Because I have an end goal that I want to get to. And until I'm at that end goal, which is, you know, especially with this mission, I want to help small business owners who get spotlighted through Evan and I, I want to do a billion dollars of revenue for them. For them, not for me, for them. Yeah. Um, and... It's hard to take that step back sometimes when you're yeah. such a mission-driven mm -hmm. person. And I want to talk quickly, Kelly, with yeah. you about the ADHD and, and how driven you are and you know, running down that hyper-focused path. It's, it's scary, but so also cool. <laughs> <laughs> One of the things that I wanted to comment on what you said, it's surrounding yourself with the right people. Yeah. So JD and I both struggle with stopping and we both identify we're not good for each other because we are so mission-driven. Um, but it's making sure you find people in your life who remind you to take that check. And that's, I am the most grateful for Rich, my fiance, because he, he makes sure that I take time to slow down. I might fight him on it. And that's probably the only thing we fight Kelly. over. Um, yeah. But he makes sure that I slow down and like take a breath every once in a while. Because then if not, your work slides. Like it's, it's hard. So 75 hard for me was getting a little, a little too much because mm -hmm. I'm already hyper-focused on work. Right. I'm already hoping for folks on my jobs. So now I'm even more dialed in because I, I have nothing so, else to do. So I thought it was my, too much. My biggest right. learning, I mean, and it, that's where I'm at with it right now because I've tried and I failed yeah, multiple it, times it, from it. It's, it's because I get... It's not realistic full time. You know, and it's like so it's meant to be a boot camp. But I think when you are a perfectionist, you do well with like routine and habits. Um, and that's, I used to joke with like, you know, my principal was, she was one of my greatest mentors in life. Mrs. Zimmer, if you're watching this, I'm sorry I left teaching. But <laughs> you know, you know this is where my passion is. Um, Mrs. Zimmer or Mr. Zimmer? Mrs. Zimmer. She was, she, were, she was an educator for 50 years in the same district. A teacher for 25 and a principal for 25. That's dedication. Yeah. Shout out to Mrs. Zimmer. Yeah. And Zimmer. She, she, was, she taught me the importance. And like she, again, I told you I worked for administrators. She knows it's about the kids. 
yeah we have to help them and like that's what drove her and that's what made me want to say um but anyway um she also sat me down one time and she, we were just talking about different students and i always related to the students that had behavior issues i, I wanted to help them and i was driven to help but again that perfectionist i had to like i had to I'm figure out what you, <laughs> <laughs> i want to help them you know and um you were totally the girl in high school and i was like oh that kid does drugs i want him to be yeah. <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, I don't know. <laughs> Sorry, mom. But no. No, no. <laughs> One and a half bourbons. Mom, I'm just kidding, mom. <laughs> Kelly's a sweetheart. Only nice boys. <laughs> no, but um, oh. she is like, well, you have ADHD and you too. And like, it's funny because you don't like I get I get so it's all about the stigma and the labels and. I hate the, the labels. The, the reality of it is we all have a little bit of it in us. Like, yeah. you, you all learn differently. Like, special ed is so great because it provides funds to be able to allow students to work in different environments. Yeah. That's all it's about. Yeah. yeah. But it's about the funds. Say, but yeah. it, it comes down to money and who can benefit from it. But that's why every single teacher should have training in special education because you need to have creative teaching styles. Yeah. So, and it's realizing in yourself, like... You know, you're not perfect. No one's perfect. It's all about progress. You and know, that's why how you can guys, yeah. how can you continuously learn and become better in the areas that you want to improve upon? Again, I've gave you guys too many compliments. I usually tell people <laughs> the bad things about them. I told you. <laughs> you taking it easy on? <laughs> no, no. You guys are just both amazing people. It's just oozing, Appreciate you know, it. you know, genuine. Like, mm -hmm. like this is like something that you guys are meant to do, and I love it. So to wrap this up, I like sure. to ask a couple questions. All right. You know, I like to fire these out, and I'm going to switch it up a little bit. What has impacted both of your hearts the most to get on this mission that you guys are on would lead you? The smiles, like the genuine happiness at an assembly and like JD was saying you don't feel it as much middle school and high school but you walk into an elementary assembly and to see the kids laughing for an hour it keeps me going and you didn't see a lot of that laughing as a teacher no the mask coming off the best like to see their smiles again and that's why I was so excited to walk into it and it was intermediate school see the kids smiling was the yeah. best the mask is I think the most evil thing that was pushed okay. on the kids man you don't have to go down that Face, political facial path. Facial expression, but that's it, still missing. It's tough, man. Yeah. Um, but that's one thing. And also, like, teaching where I got into like, training teachers, our crew, like, seeing them grow as individuals is, like, it's part of what I do, why I do now. Yeah, and I think that you probably do an excellent job at it. And I can see that in you. What about you, J.D.? I feel like... Um, Has it been about you, too? A little bit. Yeah, I feel like I would say that um, my favorite thing was uh, like the drive home for me personally. And it sounds selfish, but one of the things that drives me is when I'm leaving the assembly or if when I'm leaving the workshop or whatever we did that day. And I'm just it's quiet in my car. I'm actually not listening to music. I'm just driving. I'm like, that was awesome. And like, I really am. I'm just like, OK, like it feels right. I feel like as a human. You're I'm, doing the right thing. I'm doing what I can. Um, and I'm surrounding myself with people that also believe in this thing that are doing what they can. And so on a, one personal level, it is it is about that drive home for me where I'm like, all right, this makes sense. And you spoke about earlier about like when you know it, you're on the right path. And I feel like I feel like that's where I am personally. And the other thing is, I, like I said earlier, kids remember how you made them feel. Humans remember how you made them feel. And when we go back to a school and when they're like chanting for country Mike or they see me, they never know my name, but they're like, you're the whale guy or whatever. <laughs> and they like wave to me like, I know that like, they remembered that feeling. They associated that feeling with fun and they associated that feeling. It, it's doing something for what them. What in you, what in you like makes you want to do that? What, you know, besides I get you, yeah. you're on, you're on the right path. I totally yeah, get it. Yeah. I talked to you about fireside. I'm on the path. Right. What in you like pulls you to do that there's something in your heart or soul that pulls you to do that i guess for me it's um it's more of a, on a human level it's just like without getting too philosophical like i i still i don't know what we're all doing down here in this convertible spaceship here when we're hanging out on earth and like for me it's i feel as though like if there's one thing you can do it's make others 
feel good about themselves and give somebody else a meaningful experience. And, and how do you do that, not knowing how you're going to buy a house or pay for a wedding? Because a lot of people, I feel, get pulled. When I looked at COVID, um, and you guys don't have to comment on it, but I will because I give zero shits. Yeah. Um, it was bullshit. It was all bullshit. And we, we, we told these people, you got to get vaccines. you got to put these masks on the kid's face. And every single person, a good percentage of them, had to do it because they didn't control their own destiny with their money. Right. So how do you jump into this just saying, hey, I'm going to let the love lead me or I'm going to let the soul lead me? It's, it's a scary thing for people who are trying to start a life, right? You're dude, starting a life. It's expensive. I mean... <laughs> I mean, I had to, you know, I'm filling up my gas tank every day, literally, and I'm looking at my bank account, you know, and I'm like, okay, I, I can make it this week. And um, it's not a poor me thing or anything. This is the path I chose. And for where I'm at, it's just a faith that that karma, the things that you're putting out there will eventually get you to a comfortable place. And Fully yeah, I'm not there yet. I, and, you know, I've been very lucky that I have people around me that support me. Um, as far as like believing in this thing. But for me, I'm always like, if I'm putting that in the universe, it's gonna come back. I'm gonna have my own fire pit someday and I'll be able, I'll be able to sit by it and chill and, and get there. Um, so you will. It's, it's that faith, it's that belief that it's gonna happen. It's gonna happen eventually. Um, I'm telling you, dude, it's yeah. gonna happen. It's the same word though, that faith. Like it's just you, there's no question. You buy in. You buy yeah. it. You know, like you know you're, you're doing what you're meant to be doing. And you can't let anything stop you. So, it's, it's so do I live work, in a perfect right? home right now? No, I'm in an apartment and I'm struggling to find a house. And yeah. But it's also finding the right you people. You and everybody else right now trying to find a house. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, so. So I don't have faith in it. <laughs> no, I'm yeah. kidding. No, yeah, but, no, like, you, yeah, you, you, no, but you have faith in what you're mm -hmm. doing for these kids. Second question. All right. Usually I make it about other business owners. Okay. And you guys are business owners. And you were acquired already. So congrats to you and hats off because. That's a process and a transition not many business owners ever go through. So you learn a lot through that, right? It's, it's now conversing and, <laughs> and That thinking. was not a fun process. <laughs> it's, it's stressful. Yeah. Um, give us two, when we talked about Miss Zimmerman, give us two people, teacher, a superintendent, a pastor, a police officer, a crossing guard, Give me one to two people each within the local community here, meaning Ocean, Monmouth County, that people who, who probably, I'm in a niche, I'm concentrated right now, I'm not state or nationwide by any means, that you guys think are impacting the world. Because I talk about business owners a lot, mm -hmm. but I wanted to switch it up because of the nature of what you guys do. Give me some teachers, some principals, some cops, somebody that you see changing the community. Um, I'll give one off the top of my head, um, we didn't really get to it earlier, but because of my lack of um, bookkeeping and financial skills, mm. I reached out, um, this is like year two of the company, to my former math teacher in high school, Joan Fraklos, mm. an amazing human on all levels. And um, she was also the like student council advisor when I was the president of the school and I was doing that when I was in high school. And she was a mentor to me. Um, and Joan, out of the kindness of her heart, because like it certainly wasn't for the money back then, especially. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, she just took on all the business side of things for me back when I literally was just focusing on the content and the creation. Um, this was very early stages. Kelly was still teaching, and it was Joan Fraklos. I can't say her name enough. Um, She's why we're still here right now. She's literally no why question. we're here right now. That's um, awesome. And yeah. she ironically was my math teacher, and I suck at math. And like, I brought that up to her every day. I'm Not like, to her fault. Yeah. Like, it's, it's technically your she fault. She was my math teacher, too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she was, she was amazing. Kelly excelled, baby. <laughs> it didn't work out quite. But uh, so Joan um, provided that resource and also like made the company feel like a family. Like She was really like the mom uh, of the company for a very long time. Um, and you know, so she texted me this morning. She's still involved from, a yeah, she's still involved with us. Um, you know, we've, because of the acquisition, we've uh, continued to grow and Joan's got like 7,000 grandkids that she's obsessed yeah. with. She's and busy. Mm -hmm. She's super busy, but like she literally texted me today saying like, saw on Facebook, like what you guys are doing, got to keep doing it. 
and just uh, Joan Frakels. I can't say her name enough. So let's shout out yeah, to, Joan. To, yeah, to, to, to Joan. Joan. Yeah. And what about you, Cal? Who's somebody that's impacting you? You know, as as a kid, and and maybe still today in the community. I honestly, I could list like so many teachers and principals, but at the end of the day, my dad, um, he is one of the hardworking people and I never realized how much we were alike until I started like getting into this confidence journey and like the values that he instilled in me. And like, my mom's incredible too. Nothing, <laughs> not, not to my mom's, you know, but <laughs> my dad works so hard and he's been so successful and he retired from corporate world and now is like working in small business. And he's just so skilled and like to have the drive to be similar to him and like he's in operations and like, you know, like where we have two different fields completely. He's in construction. I'm in education, but it's finding those values that you didn't even know someone's teaching you along the way that has like literally become also, I'm who like, I am. Yep. Absolutely. Aha. I get it. Yep. <laughs> like you guys are doing comes full circle. You're yeah. doing for the kids now. Your dad was doing for you. Yeah. Well, guys, listen, you're doing awesome things. I promise you, I am busy. I talk to a ton of people. Yeah. I'm doing a ton with Evan with the podcast as well as, you know, I got another kid on the way. But I will put you in contact with people. I will try to help as much as I can. Oh, we appreciate so it. Yeah. Can't, can't thank you enough. Cheers. Guys, <laughs> great. Appreciate you, man. Cheers. Hey, thank you so much. Good time. Uh.